Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, it's 8.58 a.m. on November 5th, 2018. And that 8.58 is Standard Eastern Time. I'm so glad to be on Standard Time. You know, one, one thing that's weird about this, you notice that your cell phone changes its time all by itself. Your computer screen changes its time all by itself. It's like these machines are kind of controlling us. You know, we have to comply with their time set. It's not like the old days where you get to actually set the clock yourself and you're responsible for moving the clock one way or the other. It's just another one of these little things that's kind of strange, let's say. Not scary, but strange. Well, I got mixed mixed feelings about that. Uh, I, I've come to rely on my electronic gizmo so much, or you know, I'm almost like a nanny. Uh, if I if if I space out, and generally I do, you know, for stuff like daylight savings time, I actually kind of appreciate the uh, the phone or or the computer uh, picking up the slack and and letting me know, you know. What that time it actually know. It's is. Telling you. It's actually yeah. telling you. You have to comply. <laughs> so well, I just wish they'd leave the clocks on standard time all the time. I, I don't mean I don't really understand why they set it forward and back. I mean, geez. Yeah, I'm with you yeah. on that one. I wish they'd just like uh you know, just take a half hour one way and a half hour other way, split the difference and yeah, keep it where it is. We got enough confusion in life. <laughs> I was in the Bahamas one time, and I forget which way we had to move the clock, but we were supposed to get to the airport, and I guess we moved them forward, so it had to be in uh, the beginning of the summer, and we missed the plane because the, the people on the island forgot to set the clocks ahead, and so then came a big discussion on the island. Was, uh, island the name of the island was Green Turtle Key in in, uh, in, the, in Bahamas. It's, a, it's on the outer... It's the one of their more eastern islands. And uh, so they decided, people all decided, well, let's do it this way. Why don't we move it up a half hour this week and then another half hour the next week so we can kind of ease into the time change. I don't know whatever happened because we got on the plane when we went back to the States. But island, island style, is uh, it, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Living in the islands is a, is a strange uh, experience. Everything yeah, it's more relaxed. Much more relaxed, right? Can I? Yeah, well, there's all, all kinds of. Yeah, kind of, kind of relaxed. I remember the water system, the the, the pipes ran along the top of the ground, <coughs> so that nothing was buried. And it was black PVC tubing. That was the that was the uh, water system. Well, how do you? Can I? Go ahead. Can I say something re- regarding the time on? I'm sorry, before Richard mutes me again, he keeps muting me. <laughs> anyway, I want to say that, yes, I hate this moving the 
the hour, the clock back and forth also, I didn't realize that they were going to do it. I forget about those things. So now 4 o'clock in the afternoon is actually going to be 5, what I thought was 5 o'clock, you know, here. So that's my walking time. I hate to whine, but I'm not going to like the 4 o'clock. I wish it was like noon or 1 o'clock. Sorry. I just want to say it. Father Francis, uh, tomorrow's a pretty big day, isn't it? Uh, midterm elections. Oh yeah. How, yeah. How, how you? These, these are the defining moments. I don't think the I don't think the Democrats are going to gain. I think they're going to lose, and I think they're going to go nuts. I mean, now it the, the, there was two kids, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, I think it was, uh, dressed up in their. Uh, they wore blackface, and they had Confederate flags for capes, and they were going out and getting candy. And folks from this really dim picture, I would say maybe they were 10, 11 years old, something like that, maybe 12. And some 17-year-old Hispanic girl gets in their face about their costumes, saying that they're disrespectful, it's offensive. Hey, if you're going to be offended by anything like that, you know, you need to keep it to yourself. Go, go to your safe space or something. And don't try and push everybody else around. We have a right to do whatever we want. Another another place in the Tampa Bay area in Florida, uh, some people put up like uh, fake tombstones and uh, piles of bones, and the tombstones read like CNN News, uh, Nancy <laughs> Pelosi, uh, Hillary Clinton, and two gay guys that had adopted a, a, a half-black kid were offended, so they started mouthing off. Oh, and, and one of the really cool things about it was in this, this Halloween display with these death tombs and all this stuff, they had tiki torches. Tiki torches are the, the new symbol of white nationalism worldwide, I think. <laughs> what a great idea that was. That was genius. Yeah, oh, well, you know, every, some people supported other people said, you know, they, these guys are like, well, nobody ever came and talked to us. Nobody, nobody included us in their family. It, it, you know, people don't want, want that around their family. The, the uh, one little girl was going to go play with the, the little colored kid, and uh, her mother snatched her away. She didn't want her daughter influenced by that lifestyle. So get over it. You know what? You don't like it. You shouldn't have moved to that neighborhood. It's like people who buy a a house next to an airport, and then they complain about the noise. You know? It's ridiculous. You're, you're, you're pushing yourself into places where you're not wanted. I see uh, and Dr. Hill Dr. Hill is in the house. Good morning, yeah, Dr. Right, Hill. Dr. Hill. Yeah, good morning, y'all. How you, hope you had a good weekend. I, I, I sure did. Yeah, I, I, I did, too. Morning, uh, I got yeah, another I had five some, acres uh, of uh, pasture fenced off. I got two more cows coming today. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I had some league business to take care of on the road this weekend, but uh, back in the office this morning. Glad to be here and uh, looking forward to seeing what that midterm uh, election holds for tomorrow. Especially uh, down here in the uh, south, we're concerned about the uh, governor's races in both uh, Georgia and Florida. So it's going to be real interesting to see what happens in those. Yeah, well, I don't know. That Gillum guy, I think his name is in Florida. 
I, I don't think they're going to win Florida. I think I think the Republicans are going to keep the state there. Can I say something about that? I oh, heard absolutely. Of, sure. Good morning. I heard a brief, good morning, Dr. Hill. Good to hear you again. <laughs> Thanks. I heard Thanks. something on Red Eyes last night. Uh, Project Veritas recorded this uh, Gillum um, dude with someone else, uh, you know, speaking very badly about white people, the F, F bleep, bleep, you know, crackers, you know, that this state is full of F crackers and we got to... Um, we got to really, um, you know, um, get them full of guilt. This kind of thing. I don't know. It was just bad. Yeah. I guess well, Project Veritas yeah. does some very good stuff. It also infiltrated some other people, talking about how they're getting uh, blankets and SHIT stuff, food and blankets and all that, and they're bringing in the um, migrants to churches. The churches do this, and then they're going to take them all out to vote. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Illegal How voters. How can they do that? How because, can the voting system be so badly um, supervised? But look, when you're when you're in the dying stages of an, imp, you know, of an empire, which we are, these kinds of things become commonplace. Uh, things that in sane times people would just shake their heads and say, you know, this can't happen. But in the times we live in right now, you know, it, it's just open and blatant. They don't care. I mean. You say, you know, people are voting who are not citizens. Well, so what, you know? The object is, is to get enough people to the polls to put your people in power, and democracy has become nothing more than a racial headcount. And that's what it's going to continue to, to degenerate in, into. The rule, rule of the mob. You know, but uh, yeah, that's exactly be, what it's going to be, and, and we're seeing it right be, now. Yeah, but how can it be such a bad system that this can happen. I mean, you think it'd be, with all the technology at hand, how can it, how can it, they get away with having all these dead people and illegal voting? Because nobody's going to do anything about it. They're going to push it as far as they can push it. And nobody's going to do anything about it because whites have largely been uh, so stricken with, with guilt, white guilt over these kind of things that anytime there's any outcry from any minority, you know, any investigation gets pushed to the side, gets, you know, hmm. you know, just it is not completed. Nobody's punished, and these things just continue to happen over and over and over uh, until they get in power, and they're not going to put up with any anything that challenges their power. So once they get there, uh, they're going to clamp down, and there won't be any fairness. There won't be any guilt on their part, and we will have uh, a tough decision to make. You know, oppose them, and by doing that, we will be opposing or breaking the laws that they pass, and will be subject to punishment, criminal punishment, probably, uh, for fighting back. And and you're seeing that everywhere today, that when whites fight back, you know, it's it's criminalized, and this is just the beginning stages of that. And that's why it's so important that we rally our people now and keep the the left, the the new red terror, as I call it, from from right. getting back in power because if they do, they're they're going to come down very hard on anybody who seems to be an enemy, and that means white people in general. Uh, so I mean, it's it's dire times in which we live. And even if they don't get in power, I think this voting thing has to be changed. This voting thing is not going to work. 
anymore. No. Uh, well, you know, if whites can maintain power and get some guts about them, they can fix this voting system, which uh, is easy, easily manipulated um, on several levels. But if you're going to have a democracy uh, in which people vote, the, at the very least, the voting system has to to be uh, one that people have faith in, and that is an honest, largely an honest system. And, and this system is deteriorating into just cor- corruption and dishonesty all around. And if that happens, nobody on either side is going to feel that the other side is legitimately in power because they're going to say, you cheated to get there. And the fact of the matter is that that's probably true. If you've got a a system that can be manipulated so easily, nobody is ever going to be convinced that the outcome is legitimate. And both sides, certainly the left, I mean, they have a history of this, will take to the streets with violence if they don't get their way. And, uh, if, you know, what is the right going to do to counter that uh, is, the, is the question here. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to, well, uh, there has to be somebody in, in power uh, to bring out the military. That's what always happens in, in another country. <laughs> That's exactly right. You have these authoritarian uh, personalities step forward, and, and they become, uh, you know, military uh, dictators and that's a very common thing in history, uh, particularly in countries that have third-world tendencies. And America has, is, is on the way to becoming a third-world banana republic because right. of, of, of the influx of, of non-whites uh, from countries where, where that is the basic political system that you have. Uh, bribes, corruptions, murder, uh, assassination, uh, you know, all kind of stuff like that that, that are, are used to intimidate and get your way not through, uh, you know, a, a, a genuine, honest system, but, a, but through a corrupt system, using the institutions of the courts and the police and the army and all that to, uh, to bash your enemies and destroy them. And, you know, I, I can see that day coming pretty soon in America. And the people on the outside... Uh, who will be criminalized uh, have to make a decision at that point. You know, do we knuckle under and, and, and basically do what we're told, become dispossessed politically and within our property and everything, or do we fight back? And this is how revolutions are born and, and civil wars. And I can see that coming. Yeah. Well, my point was, was just that the demographics, you know, democracy is just not this voting stuff is not going to work? No, uh, certainly not. Uh, you know, as I said, democracy is becoming a racial headcount. Whichever racial group or racial alliances, whites versus non-whites, have the numbers, uh, they're going to win. And let me tell you this, whites for a while may play fair because that, that's kind of what's instilled in us naturally because of the political systems that we come out of. But that is not commonplace for political systems in non-white parts of the world. It's all about power. You get in power, you punish your enemies. And your enemies are anybody that tries to stand in your way from getting into power. And um, white Americans had better understand that this is the way the game is going to be played as they become more and more of a minority 
uh, or certainly less of a majority, and then when it gets below 50%, more and more of a minority in the country that their uh, ancestors founded, and founded on principles that are no longer going to be recognized or honored. So, you know, we we got an emerging terrible problem here. Well, I'm glad you understand it, Dr. Hill. Um, can you tell us your take on the border, what's happening? Um, you mean what's going to happen with it, with this caravan or these caravans? I think there's more than one now. Yeah, because I've heard different things. I've heard that Trump is being strong, saying he's going to send up the military, blah, blah, blah. And then I saw pictures of tents, a huge tent city where they're going to take care of them. I don't understand what's going on. No, I, I tell you what, uh, I, I'm thinking that what, what's happening here, and I think it's being it has been influenced um, even up to this very day, the day before the election, by the election. I think Trump wants to appear uh, strong and firm uh, in the eyes of his supporters, but at the very uh, same time, I think he realizes that he has some very strong enemies, including the Jew-dominated media, who is going to rake him over the coals if he does anything down there to harm uh, any of these poor uh, migrants, as they're called. Uh, so he's between the old proverbial rock and a hard place, you know. Right. I've told people, I, I you know, I don't, I don't care if I was in this position. I know what I'd do. I'd put the military down there and treat this like a damn invasion, which it is. But I, I'm not sure he's going to do that. I think he's talking out both out of both sides of his mouth. And I, if I had to place money on it, I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not a betting man anymore on things I can't control. But if I was, I would bet money on that this is a lot of empty rhetoric on his part and that he will you know put these people up in these tent cities and we won't know how many of them get uh, granted it asylum is. and come into the country now some will be turned away probably and he'll make a big deal out of that but all of them probably the majority of them won't be turned away and they certainly won't be treated like an invading army so I think it's a lot of uh, uh, you know a lot of rhetoric on his part, a lot of uh, posturing, but I don't think he's going to follow through with the tough stance that he's promised. That's exactly well, what I thought. You know what he could do? He could send his beloved uh, Jews, Israelis, down there and take care of it like they do in Israel. Yeah, but he's well, not going to do that. I did. I did read a headline that said something along those lines that uh, Trump is taking his, an Israeli stance on this border issue. So, the, and that's what one of the women, Annabelle, actually Annabelle came up with that idea. She said, it's not, let's, let's not ask what Jesus would do. Let's ask what Israel would do. That's what we need to be asking down on that border. And I think you just build it. If they're going to let him in the country, put him in a concentration camp, don't feed him anything. <clears throat> they want to eat, they've got to go back to Mexico. I agree, yeah. But I, I don't know. I told you I heard that little clip from Project Veritas, you know, that these people were, you know, already buying food and blankets and things and bringing in, them in to churches and taking them out to vote. I don't know how that happened. Well, I, apparently they're not going to be here. We're not going to have an issue on the border before tomorrow's election. So, I, and I, and actually... We are going to do a test run tonight 
on uh, at seven o'clock. We're going to do the show tonight uh, to to get more people in from the West Coast, <clears throat> make it easier for uh, our our Richard and uh, you know and any anybody else out there on the on the West Coast, Nightingale, that they don't have to get up at five thirty in the morning to listen to the radio. <laughs> That's good. Do it in the afternoon, and then well, uh, I would suggest that. Maybe we should have something going on tomorrow night when the elections, when the polls close. That's <clears> not a bad idea, we, right? We what need time? to make. I, I, I'm trying to come up with the right term. You got the Associated Press International, and you got United Press International. What about White Associated Press, where we have our people put stories up and let any, anybody that wants access to story take it. There's plenty of people out there doing blogs and, and radio shows. You got Billy Roper, you got Red Ice, uh, you, you know, you got uh, this guy Franchi, uh, Net, New Network News, I think is the name of his thing, and, and they're doing these things. If we can provide them with the stories, we can then begin to control the output of the news, because we can now. For example, who do we have that lives in San Diego, San Ysidro area? who can watch what's going to happen on the border and give us a live eyewitness report. Or not maybe live, but an eyewitness report. We have people in Southern California that call in. I, I know you can't do it. You're further up north in the state. But, and, the, and I hope that our guy calls in from Chicago with a report up there with what Art Jones is going to do and what kind of numbers are going to come out of that because that's going to be critical. And if we don't do it Tuesday night, then you know at least Wednesday morning we can we can go over it. And, and then again, test run tonight, and I'm I'm thinking we should do something tomorrow night at seven, maybe tomorrow night at nine, because uh, yeah, tomorrow night at nine polls will be closed by that. Or well, what time do the polls begin to close? Does anybody know when they start to send out the results? Would seven o'clock be late enough? I think so. Probably so. Seven o'clock. Yeah, so 7 o'clock tomorrow night, we can all give our own input as, as to what we're seeing in our regions, in our area. Red, uh, I think last year, he went in and he, and he was a poll watcher. He went in and watched and people were legitimately, you know, registered voters before they voted. Oh, I don't know how. Yeah, and so if we, uh, when, the, when Ron Paul was running both years, yeah, I, I was a, an active participant in Ron Paul's campaign uh, to the point where Ron Paul would recognize me when I would show up with my video camera in uh -huh. my ear. And he actually he knew Jamie Kelso by name. They talked frequently because Jamie and I were kind of joined up back then and uh, doing videos in various events. So, well, I want to say yeah. that the Red Elephants, Vincent James, is very, very much on that. He made a, a video I watched, his prediction for the outcome, and he said his prediction for, for last time uh, was uh, spot on with the uh, um, electoral, you know, the electoral vote. So mm -hmm. he'll probably be, um, you know, doing something. Your, your audio is a little bit low today, Nightingale. I've been looking around here uh, on Drudge and other other places, and from what I can gather, uh, the uh, mil yeah the military is going to be uh, involved. 
of course, uh, regular uh, Border Patrol agencies are going to be involved. Um, the National Guard uh, is going to be involved, and that's where it starts to get interesting, because uh, we know a, a lot of our former militiamen uh, were were at one time National Guard also, and after they shut down the militias, I don't think the allegiance to the National Guard went away, and there there's a rash of quote unquote robberies, wherein uh, mil military equipment is is being quote unquote stolen <laughs> from from armories the militias themselves uh, there are uh, fairly large and active militias uh, heading that way they're they're uh, in Texas uh, in in numbers now and they're offering their services to the landowners now some of the landowners uh, don't they don't want militia. They they say no. We we don't want these tr trigger happy, uh, whatevers uh, on our property. But other landowners and, and and especially the big one, the King Ranch, uh, the the owner, the head of the King Ranch has said we want all the militia we can get. <laughs> we want we 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 want people on our property uh, helping us protect it, and uh, you know, go for it. So. That's 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 what I've got. Uh, so Patrick, when, is, when is when is when is the first uh, column supposed to show up at the border? Do you have any uh, timetable for that? No. Uh, all all I all I got was that they're they're starting to form up, and uh, they're they're the the various militia groups are are meeting uh, with each other. Uh, they've they're, they've got tents. They're they're equipped. They've got camping. their camping equipment, and uh, you know they're they're all geared up and ready to go uh, from from you know to, to one extent or another. Well, but what I about, the, what about the timetable for the invading army? Now I don't know. Red is here. I'll unmute Red, okay. and if anybody else gets muted, I'll, I'll unmute you back. Here we go. What's up, crackers? Hey, Rick. Hey, you know, you know, I, uh, you know, I gotta say one thing about that New York City thing and and rednecks and crackers and whatnot. You know, who was it that did that song? Uh, Coal burning stove. David Allen Coe. Coal burning stove, no natural gas. If that ain't country, I'll kiss your ass. Mm -hmm. Well, I live eight miles from the Empire State Building. We had a coal burning stove in my house. So I guess I'm a redneck too. I reckon so. You might be a redneck if you're smarter than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, they think us rednecks are dumb as hell, but uh, country they don't boy have a can't damn survive. Clue. That's right. They they don't have a damn clue. But I want to comment about these property owners along the border. I'm gonna tell you. I've heard over the years. Uh, you know, uh, you can call these guys vigilantes, uh, infidels, whatever you want to call them, but they use these Mexicans as target practice. Uh, you know, these guys got thousands and thousands of acres. I love okay, I, brought, I brought Patrick in, and it automatically muted Red. I'm sorry, Red, you're back on. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of these people will take matters into their own hands. Uh, you know, when, when, when these ranchers, they have these, uh, a vast amount of land down there, 
uh, you know, they have deer blinds. Uh, you know, they're they're hunting they're hunting uh, deer leases and stuff like that. These guys, uh, these these uh, Mexicans and Honduras and whatever the hell's coming across the border, they they bust into their deer blinds and they tear shit up. And uh, but they also the uh, like I said, the property owners they they take it upon themselves and and uh, they use them as target practice. And you know. When you got thousands of acres, who the hell, who's going to know? That's right. Sometimes those Mexicans and Hondurans get to looking like big old bucks, don't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they should they should probably wear some bright orange coats <laughs> or something so they don't yeah. get mistaken for a big old deer. That's right. It should be a shame. I mean, they're, about they the same, they're about the same color, you know. That's right. It'd be a shame if they got mistaken, wouldn't it? Yeah, it happens all the time, from my right. understanding. That's what I hear. <laughs> But I heard I heard that the military is not going to be provided with ammunition. Is that correct? They ain't going to do squat. The military is not going to do squat. What's the point it's of having a It's all a big show. Yeah, I don't get it. No. If they don't have ammunition, why are they there? Well, Matt said that they're going to be armed with their normal equipment. They're so there to hand out water and give a hand to, to help them cross the river and welcome aboard. That's all that they're happens, there for. I'm out. I'll be surprised if out. that's not true. No, well, I mean, I mean this, this is the most important thing that's come up in our country since the war between the states. What, whatever happened to the last caravan, Frank? I mean, oh, all I that just kind of it all just kind of disappeared off the radar. That's right, yeah, because they all came in. Point. That's right. So right now. Right now, Guatemala, I believe, and Mexico enter into an agreement, the leaders of the two countries enter an agreement, to make it easy for these people to move through Mexico and get to the border. All right, so that's an act of war now. So now, if we declare the War Powers Act or invoke the War Powers Act, we can go into Mexico. We can go right into the Mexican side and arrest these people. Don't let them into the United States. Just declare war on Mexico and Guatemala and go on in there and round them up, and that's it. And if you want to eat, don't go north, head south. Jordan Shore to take care of it. There was, a, a, there was one clip of some young people sitting around. I think it was for that uh, O'Rourke character. He's a California guy, right? Vito O'Rourke, or maybe Texas. He's in Texas. Uh, and they're taking the, the debit cards that, they, that they've been issued by the campaign to use for their expenses, and they're using those debit cards to buy food for these people that are in the caravan. And Veritas, I think, was the one that did the video clip on that. This is right. what we're involved in. This is, this is the turning point, right here, right now. And before what happens to, to the people in South Carolina after the war between the states in 1865, when they put people into legislature that raised their salaries to three or four times what they used to be, and then they taxed the landowners to the point that the landowners couldn't pay the tax, and then they seized the property. Well, before that happens again, I would, I would still suggest that anybody who's got real estate gets rid of it, turn your assets into something you can move, and just put your head down and wait for this tsunami to roll over. Because that's what this is. I mean, if, this, if they let these people in, that's the end of this country. Well, it, it, it will encourage caravan after caravan, and, and yeah. the thousands will turn to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and then millions. Yep, exactly. That's what's going to happen. Yep. This is a test run. 
This is a test run to see what kind of resolve they will be met with or lack of such. Exactly. Well, there already was a test with the last caravan, so that's why these guys are here. They well, that's, prob- that's probably true, but I think this one has been more highly publicized and it's larger. And this is a direct challenge to, to Trump and his, his administration to, to see what kind of response they'll give. Right. And if they, if they give a weak response, they're going to get... Uh, uh, they're going to get a lot more of this. If they if they uh, stopped it with uh, with force, then that would put an end to it. I think. Right. Well, ask yourself I, this, guys. I, they, they, Trump is okay. They say they're setting up tents. Okay, what side of the border are they setting up tents? First of well, all, well, they could only set all, them up on the U.S. side. Okay, and then so okay, so they set up tents and they have this tent city concentration camps. Next thing you know, oh, here we go. Trump is Adolf Hitler. You know, so yeah, sure. They're not going to set them up in tents and let them sit there in confined areas. What you know? What happened to all these? Like I said, the last caravan that came through that they separated the the kids and all that stuff from the people who were committing criminal activity. I mean, hell, if if I went to jail for something, I would be separated from my children. You know, what's the freaking difference? But you're uh, white. Okay. No, no, but well, that goes for anybody. I mean, if, if if anybody goes to jail, you commit a crime, you're separated from your family. You know, they make a big deal about that, and they put these women and children in the front lines. And let me make note, these very fat, uh, not missing a meal women, I mean, every one of them are, are extremely obese, and they put them on the front line because they know they're not going to do anything to the women and children. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's a, that's a smart know, thing to do. I don't even know why they set up tents. It's like giving him hope to appease the to appease. They do that to appease the people who are not awake yet and realize what the hell's going on. Which is ninety percent of white America. Yep. And also, you know, I, I don't know about that. I mean, it was a pretty big turnout for Trump when he was making noises that he was going to change things, even though he really hasn't been able to do what he said he was going to do. A lot of people voted for him on that promise. So there's plenty well, of people that are awake in America. And now well, there's I this think everybody, thing. Everybody should Blexit? call the White House. Everybody call Trump and tell him if he doesn't stop this, if he doesn't really do something, he's going to lose his base. He really is going to lose his base, and he'll go to jail or whatever. Yes, he will lose his base if he doesn't handle this right. That is a fact. <laughs> shouldn't, we all, shouldn't we all tell him as best we can? All I do, I call the White House. I'm not sure what else to do. <laughs> well, you know, I think Trump knows this. I think that's why he's posturing uh like he is uh, publicly about, you know, being a strong man here and opposing this. But, you know, I, I don't know uh, I don't know what kind of pressure is being brought from the other side on Trump other than the fact that the media will call him, as, as Red pointed out, the next Hitler, you know. And I'm not sure he wants to put up with that. I don't know. He, he's, a strange, he's a strange political character because he's all over the map. Right. On, on this, and you never really can pin him down, which I guess is a good thing in some ways. But uh, yeah, th- this is—I think Frank's right. This is a defining moment uh, for for America because if you allow an invasion to come across your border in whatever right. form it, it takes, whether it's a peaceful invasion like this one supposedly is, 
or a, a hostile one with an army, uh, the result is the same. You have no border that you are willing or able to control. And if you have no border, you have no country. That's correct. That's correct. Did anyone uh, hear, hear about Trump uh, his, over the weekend, his rallies? You know he did a bunch of them across the nation. And he finally called out Antifa. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad oh, to hear yeah, it. it was funny. He he made fun of them and everything. He said, you ever see these Antifa groups? They they got on their mask, and they pull off their mask, and they pull off their slip, pull up their sleeves, and they got these little skinny little arms. And he just, he just man, he just made fun of them, just like I call them, wet noodles, you know, back in the day. Uh, but but uh, Trump has finally, finally called out Antifa. Well, I hope he'll so, do something about uh, punishing them for, for what they've been doing in the streets. Yeah, they call so they call white man that. domestic terrorists. The Antifa is that? Yeah, well, I guess most of them are a bunch of dumb white liberals. Uh, so are. I guess you know, uh, yeah, they're the, they're the domestic terrorists. Of course they are, and they uh, they are they're very very well funded and very well protected by the Jew media because they are serving the Jew interests. I have a yeah. I have a question. I have I have a question. Uh, uh, well, uh, probably um, for Dr. Hill as a historian, but but anybody else here that might know. Now, you know this this is nothing new. Uh, uh, mobs of of Mexicans have have come across the border uh, for quite some time. And a long time ago, it was one hell of a problem. I and there was Pancho Villa. There there was there was uh, there was a deal where the citizens, the Americans could band together and uh and and that is kind of what happened they they banded together and when these mobs came riding in uh you know everybody that could pull a trigger had a gun and they shot the hell out of them and that's that was right. that was and that was that was pretty much what put an end to it and and it and it, right. and, it, and, it, and it became uh known far and wide you know that, that uh, you don't you don't go across the border because everybody's got a gun and they will shoot you that's so, right well if we did that today the department of justice would be on us in a hurry and would not be punishing the invaders but would be punishing the white defenders that is the nature of the regime we live under back when you're talking about around the turn of the 20th century uh americans were still free to defend their their own land and their own land was their country it, it didn't happen to have to be a few acres that they personally owned it was their country today the justice department would be on you and it wouldn't yeah. you know it, it would they, they wouldn't say well we were just trying to repel invaders they would say that's not your job that's the army's job well the army's not doing it well that's not your that's not your problem you're under arrest for murder and from my understanding, Dr. Hill, is that's the reason why the military is being sent down to the border is because of these militia groups who's had enough. <laughs> They're there to, to, to stop the militia groups. Of course. The regime, the, the army serves the regime. The army does not serve the people. And the regime is not necessarily Donald Trump. He is the current president. The regime is what has rightly been called for the last few years, the deep state. The deep that's state. Uh, that's who controls all the institutions of government, not may the I, temporary president. Yeah, the Tenth Amendment Center says that 
the, uh, the federal government is supposed to only control naturalization, what it takes to become a citizen. But the states are the ones that control the immigration between the borders. Now, that's according to the Tenth Amendment Center. That's been all been, you know, uh, gone away under the bridge now because we put all the power in the government, the federal government. That's right. The states can't even defend themselves or do anything, or they get, they get just basically, uh, you know, uh, indictments coming in to the governors. That's true, absolutely true, and you know we 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 in the South uh, had experience of that back in the '60s when you know Governor Wallace and and Governor Faubus and Governor Maddox and <clears throat> several other Southern governors tried to use the National Guard to oppose forced integration, and the uh, presidents, either Kennedy or Johnson, uh, federalized the National Guard and you know took them away from the states. And we, we got a dose of that back in the uh, 50s and 60s in the South, and that's been standard operating procedure ever since. And they used the, uh, the National Guard against the, uh, the, the, the schools in uh, yeah. Little Rock, Arkansas. That's exactly right. The uh, National Guard was used to punish the white people of Little Rock for trying to defend their, uh, their children from integration. And that has been happening uh, for the last 50 or 60 years now on a regular basis. So... When the military is deployed, it's usually deployed against its own citizens and, and not for the benefit of those citizens. Did y'all hear about Rat uh, Rodenstein, the press conference where he's, he's now going to uh, set up a website where you can call in the Department of Justice and report hate crimes, and they will, and they will uh, uh, you know, that gives them a probable cause now. They can go out and they can attack anybody that somebody reports and, uh, you know, they're going to use these hate crimes, which is basically anybody's interpretation of hate crime. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, this is not sounding good. No, it's not. No, I didn't hear well, about that. Well, from what I hear, there are tons and tons of hate uh, speech against white people, overwhelming, much more than the other way around, on Twitter and everything, and they don't do anything about it. So this is true. Everybody should call in about that. <laughs> Well, they don't consider it to be hate speech when it's directed against whites because uh, the, the basic idea is that everything bad that happens to white people, they deserve. So, uh, you know, hate speech hate only speech, runs in so. one direction. Yeah. They even call for the assassination of President Trump. Of course. You know, that's I know. That's speech. all over the social media, and they don't right, do okay. a damn thing about it. I'll and that's why, as a white man, I carry a pistol everywhere I go. Oh, and I suggest all you white people listening, you better arm yourself to the T and be ready. Absolutely. I'll say Absolutely. one more thing, then I'll be quiet, Dr. Hill. I just want to say that don't you think uh, President Trump is doing a good job with all his rallies? Don't you think more of our people should go to these rallies and hold up signs that are important to us and even if you don't get into his venues, wherever the building, you know, I understand that there are tons of people outside now doing even tailgate parties, and we should just show up. And, and, yeah, uh, I agree. Start, uh, you know. Show up with, uh, with our signs and our symbols, uh, right. pushing, uh, pushing Southern stuff. nationalism, white nationalism, because, you know, That's like him or not, and, and I, you know, I didn't vote for the man. Uh, I didn't vote at all in the national election. I, I, I won't be voting in the national election tomorrow. I'll be voting on my local and statewide candidates, but uh, not the national election. But here's the point. 
you may not you may not agree with Trump. He may not really be your savior. But right now, at least in the eyes of our enemies, he represents us. And if we can use him as a rallying point for white and southern nationalism, we'd be foolish not to do so. Exactly. So I, I think everybody everybody should go. It should be a contingent, you know, from all, you know, League of the South. All We're the sending groups. League people to these. We're oh, sending right. Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, with all kinds of signs, I'm part of many before I can't think right now, <laughs> half asleep. Just one more comment, and I, then I'll be quiet because everybody wants to talk, I know. I just want to say that whenever these people come and say, oh, they're coming here for a better life, they're coming here for a better life, it just sounds so silly because they're already admitting they can't make a better life in their own countries. That's right. They're unable to make a better life. So why, you know, So what do you mean they're coming here for a better life? They're coming here to be taken care of. By the white you know. man, whom they who yeah. they say they hate, but they always yeah, want our so goodies, don't they? Silly, yeah, it's such a silly phrase. We're coming here for a better life. Oh, you mean that your country and you, you can't make a better life. You're unable to make, you people are unable to make a proper civilization, proper life for yourself. So you're not going to be able to do it here either. You that's just right. You want to be taken care of. You know, it doesn't it, yeah, make any sense. And also I heard that supposedly they're coming the people from Honduras are coming with their flag, you know, with their flag in front. Now, that's of not course. people coming, av- avoiding their country. An They're coming here representing their country. They're coming here as, a, as an invading uh, force. Well, that's right. And, and what you said prior to that about them coming here for, quote, a better life, that is a de facto admission of white supremacy. They're yeah. saying that we, brown people, cannot create a civilization exactly. in our country that can sustain us. So we have to come to you, white man, to provide us with a country and a civilization that can sustain us. That is the on-the-face of it, prima facie, admission of white supremacy right there by them. They're saying we yeah. can't cut it on our own. White man, you've got to take care of us and give us all your goodies that your civilization creates. Oh, they know that. I know they know that. Sure they know yeah, that. Just they just the won't people, admit it. Just the people, yeah, it's just the people here try to push that phrase on people here. And always, whenever they say that, I think this is so stupid. Don't people realize, you know, what do you mean you come here for a better life? Why can't you make a better life in your own country? Exactly. Exactly. You know, if everybody's equal, why can't all countries, all people create a better life? Well, we know that that's just BS and that the white civilizations of the world are clearly superior to anything else, and that's why they're all coming here. They're not coming here because, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, we're escaping political persecution. They're coming here because of the goodies. They want to be taken care of. They want what our civilization has to offer, which is free stuff. It's about time somebody said this, like Tucker Carlson. Or somebody has to say it. You know, uh, maybe yeah. President Trump has said it. You know, I heard one last comment. Sorry, I heard that um, Steve King is he a senator or representative? Congressman, I think. Congressman, that he's being really harassed for his comments, so he should be supported. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, anybody that gets harassed by the Jew media needs to be supported. Yeah, because he he's actually quoted Mark Collette, and he's quoted uh, Lana from Red Ice, which is pretty cool. 
He's re retweeted them, in other words. Right. Okay, I'll be I'll be quiet now. Let let the men speak. <laughs> May I? Well, you know, one of the things I'm very very uh, happy to see on the on the worldwide front is, you know, Bolsonaro was elected in Brazil. You've got uh, uh, Angela Merkel on the way out, apparently, in Germany. You've got the rise of people like Viktor Orban in, in Hungary. You've got uh, Salvini, Salvini. In, in Italy. And uh, the latest polls show that uh, the nationalists in France are, are beating Macron's left-of-center party in the polls. We are winning we are winning some victories on the international scale, on international level here, right. and we ought to be very heartened by those. And depending on what happens in tomorrow's election, uh, that could really, really send this thing into overdrive. And the left, is, as Frank pointed out, the left is going to be in panic mode if this happens, and there's no telling what they will do uh, in the streets uh, if this happens. No. Like Red said, get your gun ready, I guess. <laughs> I yeah. want to say something about Bolsonaro, though. Supposedly, he says that Palestine does not exist and the first country he's going to visit is Israel. Well, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not ter terribly happy about uh, some of the things that I've heard about him and, and his uh, ideas about Israel, but uh, that can be remedied with the truth. Right. I mean, maybe he's just right. paying, maybe he just doing what he feels like he has to do to keep from being exactly. called an anti-Semite right now. but uh, Yeah, it's just something to watch. That's, that's it is right. something to watch, thing, absolutely. And, and none, of, none of these men yeah. are, are going to be perfect. You know, we can't let, we can't let uh, the perfect be the enemy of the good. You know, let's take the good yeah. where we can get it and not expect everybody to be perfect. Right, and the first thing he did supposedly is move Brazil's embassy to... Um, to Jerusalem. Right. Well, I think he's just kind of uh, uh, imitating Following Trump here. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Okay. Well, good to hear you, uh, Dr. Hill. And well, God thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure do. May I? i got one more thing. To, uh, the uh, the uh, Michael Dale Steele was on the uh, on a talk show, and uh, he said that uh, he called the hospital up in Pittsburgh and not and, uh, and the hospital says we had no casualties, no bodies. Uh, and uh, he says those are, those are going to, the CNN is going to cover the the, uh, the the bearer of the funeral, and they're going to be full of empty caskets. And uh, the probability of those 11 people that are killed that are between the age of 60 and 90 is is zero. They are they're, 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 it's get probability of 60 to 90 of all 11 people is just impossible. So, you know, he's totally con convinced that this was totally a, basically a Mossad operation. Well, you know, Patrick, here, here, here's, here's the bottom line truth about that. And I, I, I dare anybody to dispute it. Unless you see the bodies yourself, you really don't know what happened. You can believe what the media says or you cannot believe what the media says. But the fact is, until you are a personal witness to something like this, you don't know really what happened. You are at the mercy of those who tell you the story. Now, I, 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 you know, I dare anybody to dispute that. 
Uh, people are going to say, well, oh, of course they would never uh, report on a story like this if it weren't true. Well, that's what you believe, but you don't know it for sure. And I, I always tell people, uh, believe what you see. Believe what you know. And for the rest of it, have a healthy dose of skepticism. And look who's doing the reporting. Ha, ha, ha. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that should be a... Uh, a dead giveaway right there. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't believe things unless I know them for sure. I'll entertain them as a possibility. Uh, but in, in, in a situation like this, you can never be sure unless you were there and were a witness to what happened. In the, in the uh, you know, you, you survived the actual attack or you were there as a person that went in and cleaned up after it and saw what had happened. Otherwise, you're just at the mercy of the reporting, the reporters, uh, report, reporting agencies, the the so-called news. You know, so always be skeptical. Well, I have a little bit of good news. Good uh, for 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 y'all that aren't aware of it, the social media giant, and I'm going to say giant, but it's only been in existence for just a short amount of time, but it's a free speech social media gab, uh, came under attack because that, that Pittsburgh thing, uh, uh, apparent, apparently the, the perpetrator uh, made a comment, one of millions and millions and millions of comments on, on that website, and they shut him down. They just they just slammed the door on him, and uh, the big the big uh, communist corporate giants uh, w really jumped on that. But the good news is uh, I, I can't remember the guy's name like Andrew Andrews Andrew Torba Torba Sorba yeah Torba yeah. he he has actually he apparently he had uh, backup in the wings and got right on that and him and his crew. Uh, has worked feverishly to get it back online, and when I clicked on Gab this morning, lo and behold, there it is. It's well, that's back good up news. I need to get that's back on there. I have an account. Big victory for free speech. Big victory. Yeah, I just Absolutely. hope that uh, they don't get attacked again. Well, that's that's just the chance you take, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, look, absolutely, look and, and this is just the beginning of that because. You know the the people who uh, and I, you know I've been kicked off Twitter probably twenty times, and they they said well you know Twitter has every right as a private company to police their ranks and kick people off that they don't agree with okay, but their excuse was you can always go somewhere else that's more sympathetic okay you go to Gab and now they pull the plug on Gab you know so it's not about free speech it's about stifling speech that they do not agree with, and when I say they. I mean, the Jew-dominated left is who we're talking about, the communist. And they're not going to allow free speech platforms for us as long as they can shut them down. It's not about free speech or the First Amendment. It's about silencing free speech. Sorry, I want to chime in again. Well, yes, that these uh, technologies are always invented by other people. It comes from CERN. I heard from the CERN project and... Uh, you know, Shockley, the transistor, you know, and maybe DARPA, the military, it all build it together. And they, these people just control, infiltrate, and control with their money. This is not right. No, it's not. 
And you 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 know somebody other than uh, Zuckerberg, for example, could have could have uh, put up something like Facebook, but Zuckerberg got put to the head of the line because he's a Jew. Big money, big influence behind him, and all of a sudden, right. Facebook becomes the largest social media platform in the world, and it's created. It's it's uh, dominated by the Jew. Same for Twitter. Uh, you know, same for PayPal and all of these electronic financial services. The Jew always gets puts puts other Jews at the head of the line, uh, and they do this through their political power and their economic power and influence. That's correct. So, what can be done, Doctor Hill, when people come up with inventions? What what can prevent this parasite from infiltrating? Uh, it's going to take economic and political power used against them. Uh, used against them very harshly. And look, they're only 2% of the damn population. <laughs> I mean, we ought to be ashamed that we let 2% of the population uh, use us like, uh, like uh, right. you know, field hands, Negroes, <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, and boss us around and, and, you know, enslave us, really, to their system. Like trafficants said, like W-H-O-R-E. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, we let it happen to ourselves. When, If we wanted to, we could uh, put a stop to it tomorrow if we just had the political will and organization to do so. That's the point. We're not a, helpless. Right, exactly. A comment but, here, though, people always say only 2%, but they work globally. They work uh, on a global scale. So and they can be opposed globally. Huh? They can be opposed globally. Correct, correct. But I just wanted to put that in there because whenever you hear the two percent, I say, oh no, no, their power is more than that. You know, their power oh, oh, of course, their power. I'm just talking about simply their numbers here. You know, in the whole population right, right. of the world, they're less than a fraction of of one percent. Of course, very much less than a fraction of one percent. But you they know, do have uh, organization and power and, and resources, and they are going to know, have to be opposed and, and brought down. You, you know, this is another important thing that's come up right here is that 2% of the population has so much control, and you'll hear people say that from the white nationalist side frequently. But then on the other hand, in the next breath, they're saying, oh, we're losing our power. We only got 56% now. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, we only need 2% working together to control just like the other side is doing. So that's kind of contradictory statements you're hearing from the white nationalists, and, I, and I'm thinking it doesn't really matter. It matters how many there are of us, but we're still not going to be all lost if if we're not going to have a you know a majority. I think we'll no, that's right. But let, let me let me tell you what the force multiplier is for the Jew, non-whites. See, they 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 yeah. uh, mil, they've militarized in in some way. Uh, and certainly radicalize the non-white element, not only here but in the world, against the white man, because they realize the white man is the big enemy. Uh, you know, these others are just to be used and thrown away, and that's the Jew just holds them and everybody else in contempt. But he will use them. He'll Mark. talk sweetly to them. He'll promise them the moon. They'll promise them the Mark. moon as long as they are used to get rid of the white man. And they're the local level street troops. The Jew is not going to get his hands dirty because Jews are not masculine. You know, they're, they're not fighters. They're not warriors. 
so, you know, when they have to oppose us in the streets, they have to have non-Jews, mainly, uh, you know, <laughs> these noodle-armed <laughs> little white boys. But but mainly, historically, it's been the non-white uh, Negroes, Mestizos, now Muslims, uh, and these people are bad news out in the street. I mean, they're, you know, they're they're uh, they're they're not easy to combat. I mean, I think whites could can do it, but uh, whites are going to have to get the political will and the organization to actually take their streets back first. I mean, how many times have I ranted about this? You know, used to go to Birmingham when I was a boy, walk the streets. Uh, women could walk the streets by themselves. You can't do that now. We're literally going to have to take back our physical real estate first, and that means driving out all these uh, non-whites who dominate those streets and make them dangerous for us now. And that is because of Jew influence. You know, the civil rights movement that, that was the harbinger of all of this was pushed from outside onto the South in particular by the Jew. They came down here and did this. And we're going to have to undo it brick by brick, city by city. And it's not going to be easy work, but it's going to have to be reclaimed. And whites are going to have to get together and realize that this is not only a matter of morality, but this is a matter of survival. It's an, solving an existential problem uh, that if we don't solve, is going to be the end of us. We're going to have to go back to Magna Carta in the original Constitution and stand on that and show how they performed fraud you know, with under Lincoln specifically, where he, he, gave, he put in the 14th Amendment and declared everybody a, a United States citizen, which is a uh, black law, a corporate entity, and they enslaved everybody since then. And, I, and FDR has exacerbated with, uh, with his Trading with Enemies Act with amendment to declare us also enemies to the state. Oh, that is absolutely true, Patrick. Absolutely. But just having that knowledge by itself is not going to be enough. We're going to have to tell our people the truth, and then we're going to have to urge them to get up and go out and act on that information that they have and do some very difficult things to get, get our civilization back. You let it go this far, then it's not easy to reclaim it. It's not just reclaiming it by words by telling the truth, by voting in elections, you're going to have to reclaim it sometimes block by block, physically, uh, running your enemy out and reclaiming your territory in the old-fashioned sense of the term. This is ours. You are out. We are in. Jefferson said an educated and informed uh, the whole mass of the people, they, uh, they are surely... Uh, the only resistance uh, to the uh, to the uh, preservation of our of our liberty, uh, to, yeah, resilience to the preservation of our. Uh, so it's a, we got to educate the people, but unfortunately they own Hollywood, they own the media, <coughs> they own the they own the printing press, they they own it all. They own the Congress. Everybody, you know, does what their, their, their biggest funders tell them what to do. So we, we're, you know, we're going to have to basically back up and regroup and try to figure out who's on our side, who's not on our side. And I don't know. That's right, Patrick. It's not going to be an easy task because we have let them get into positions of power that they will not be easily ousted from. But 
to simply say it's too difficult to do anything about is to admit defeat, and I don't think the white race is, is ready to do that. We have to get no, behind just, Patrick Little. He's putting together uh, marches. He's putting together marches of it's okay to be white. Go to his website, you guys. And okay, we are, we, are, we are past the top of the hour here. Yes, we are. And we've got, we've got three people uh, waiting in the wings, and I'm afraid we're not going to get to everybody today. And you people Probably that are not. Uh, waiting for a I'm shot at the mic, I apologize. But, uh, well, we've got next is uh, Bob uh, in Nevada, and we'll uh, put him back on. And see. Yeah, I had a couple questions, but I see we're out of time. Uh, one of the things I had in my mind was you got this new Black Panthers going to be at these polling stations. Uh, I don't think they're so new. I don't think they're much different than the old Black Panthers. Uh, it's kind of like New Age. It's just the old uh, occult devil worship. Uh, so uh, to Red's point, you're going to have to arm yourself when you go to these polling places. Because you might have these schmucks out there with batons trying to intimidate people. And uh, my point is, can you imagine if the Klan was standing outside a polling place? <laughs> no. <laughs> right? The media would go berserk. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, I think, we, like you said, we're going to have to arm up and get ready for the battle. Uh, and to Red's point, yeah, be armed and to the teeth wherever you go. Absolutely. Um, no. And my other point is, is a can of worms. It was about it's a theological question. I'll hold off on it. Thank okay. you. Okay. Appreciate that. Yes, sir, Bob. Call again. Thanks, Bob. Uh, okay, we can, we got uh, we got one anonymous caller here. I'm going to bring on uh, from the six three one area code and bring him on six three one. You are on the line. Good morning, guys. This is Rich from New York. Good morning, Rich. Hey, Rich. Um, um, I was going to give you a little update. Last night, went out, um, dropped about 230 flyers in the neighborhood. Um, love your race. Uh, stop white genocide. White lives Good. matter. Uh, also did a flyer, a uh, banner drop over the uh, exit. When you get off that exit to go into that neighborhood, a big uh, white lives matter. And um, Dr. Hill, uh, did you see on, um, you know, from that alleged shooter on that Saturday, there's an article out there saying... Um, the neo-Confederate League of the South member was corresponding with this guy. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we're very much aware of that. Did you see that? Yeah, okay, I saw I that. I just wanted to let you know that. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, we, we, were, we, were, uh, we, we knew about that. Okay. But uh, everyone have a good weekend. Week, no, I'm sorry, not weekend. And I'll, yes, sir, I'll be you on too. Tonight again at 7 o'clock. All, All right, have a good All again. right, Bye. And tomorrow night, I think, is going to be real important at 7 o'clock because of the, the poll yeah. closing. Who else we got on the line? we got one more person, Okay. Right? Yeah. Go ahead. we got one more person here from the 925 area code. All Bring right. him on. Good morning, uh, area code 925. What's up, crackers? <laughs> Just wanted to say okay. really quickly. I just wanted to say really quickly that all these judges, including Judge uh, Justice Roberts, are all tied into Facebook. Uh, apparently, I've uh, mentioned this before, this is Dean from California, that uh, when they want to rope you in, 
they give you stock in Facebook or Google or whatever. And then if you're supposed to rule on it, and of course you're already tied in, but they keep that hush-hush. And of course you rule for Facebook and Google and against the people. That's why this has all been taking place like, uh, the, the way it has. And also the Clintons make uh, money on all this too because they've directed all the patents to go through the Rose Law Firm and then get scooped up by Circo, which used to be RCA and is now owned by the Crown and is, uh, you know, of England. And it basically uh, administers to all of our military needs. Circo is, is one of the largest companies you've never heard of, and they administer all the uh, logistics for the military and uh, airport uh, control towers and so on. And um, it's all it's all tied in the back, uh, but they are uh, they're actually issuing a lawsuit against all of this uh, with this guy named Strunk is going to issue a lawsuit against this whole regime that is in the deep, basically the deep state and, and directing these patents from U.S. patent. Okay, uh, nine two five. Uh, appreciate your appreciate your call, but we're really getting tight for time. I don't recognize your voice. Do, are we supposed to know who you are? Well, I've called in before, and uh, yeah, I recognize the voice. What do you What do you go by? Dean. Dean. Okay. Dean. Yes. Dean. With right, the, uh, all right. Annabelle. I mean, call back in. Maybe we can call back in tonight at, uh, at seven o'clock. Uh, that'd be four yes. o'clock your time. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that'll be our first test run, and we're cutting into Don's show right now. So let's sign off for now, and see you later on this evening. All right. Okay. Have a great week. See everybody this afternoon or evening. All right. Bye.